This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, once again, Metro FM family. I hope you have been using the Word of God since we met last, and I thank you for joining me once again as we have prepared another message in the book of Revelation. Now, I know we're moving kind of quickly through the book, sometimes reading a whole chapter at a time, but stick with it. Think about the principles that apply to your life today. You know, you can read so much of the Bible and hear so many sermons and see and experience so many teachings. But what you apply to your life, what you consider well, is what transforms you by renewing your mind. Remember, we want to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So sometimes we take a small verse of scripture and expound the principle. And other times, like through the book of Revelation, we have taken larger sections of the scripture and kind of cut away the illustrations for the sake of simplicity in applying the word of God into your life today. And so if you've received the notes on the WhatsApp group, you will see there are many, many other things to study within the book of Revelation. There's a lot of cross-references and so many things that can really help you redeem a large amount of time. And any time you spend studying the Word of God is not wasted. It is not wasted. So let's just look at the first 10 verses of chapter 18. The first 10 verses of chapter 18. Now what we're going to see here is the end, right? The book of Revelation is the apocalypse, the end times, the final prophecies being fulfilled, the Lord returning. Very, very exciting information. But what is also interesting is when things come to a head, when they're at their peak of magnification, you, it, it should be easier for you to see the traits and the characteristics of the world system, of the evil character, the spiritual influences, the demons that are out there influencing people. If you're not being led by the Spirit of God, then you are being led by other spirits of the world. In other words, the demons. The demons are your influence and your guide. Kind of hard words to hear, but it's the truth. Before we came to Christ and accepted the Spirit of God into our hearts as the gift from God, we were led by the Spirit of the world. And you can see it all over. When people are shopping for alcohol, they will often say, uh, wine and spirits for sale. And yet we look right past it, not realizing that we're opening ourselves up to that influence. So the first 10 verses of chapter 18, are you ready? It says in the King James, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Remember that. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of their delicacies. 
And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled, filled, filled with her double. How much hath she glorified herself and lived deliciously? So much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon and mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. Well, the characteristics and the things expressed here are clearly the world system. And you can see in some countries more than others, but in different ways expressed. In some countries, like the United States, wealth and power and uh, possession and all of those things have a prominent place. In fact, people are enslaving themselves to debt just to acquire these fancy and things that they normally couldn't afford to present themselves as powerful or able to obtain possessions. And the rulers are one by one giving in to lobbyists for agendas that are against God. Laws are changing. Uh, mandates are coming through that are not according to our system. They're just whimsical or driven by fear. And these, with these allowances comes entrapment, ensnarement, and a lot less than a democracy. But in other parts of the world, there may be different versions of this, or maybe it's not as lavish or opulent. Um, but you still see the fight for power, the desire for fame and fortune, and they uh, admire the things that we show here as people who are famous, and they sacrifice greatly to get it. The world system is what beckons people and what calls, and when you enter into and fully engage in the world system, you will sacrifice everything. When we look at the gods of old, like Molech, they make big statues and they build big fires and they would sacrifice their children on this statue, putting them in the hands of the statue and under the hands where it was a great roaring fire. And they thought that would please that God that they made up. Well, we think that sounds horrible to listen to, but how many people are putting their children into the hands of the world by letting the public system educate them on things that are not biblical? by allowing the internet to raise them instead of engaging and developing them and teaching them the ways of the Lord. How many people are sacrificing their children because of their own selfish ambition of wanting to consume their time with their activities? Hours and hours and hours of sports events watching and maybe five or 10 minutes with their children spending time with them. 
because of the data and statistics they want to acquire by watching these games, the camaraderie they want to watch. Now, I'm not putting these things down in general. I'm saying giving them place and priority over other things shows the dysfunction and the disorganization. And we serve a God of order. So when these things take a prominent place, we start sacrificing time and resources from our families. That is the issue. That is the problem. That is evidence that the world system has a hold of us somewhere. When we spend long hours at work trying to get ahead, stepping on our coworkers and climbing this ladder as a cutthroat race just to get to that position of prestige, it's often short-lived and we find that someone else is there to step on us to get to their position and so on and so forth. We find that even if you make it, your family has great resentment because you weren't around for them like they wanted. Even if you could send them to the best schools and have the best clothes and all of this, they just wanted you and your time. We see this time and time again in various systems magnified these days. And we see it often enough to realize the character that's shown here. In verses in verse 1, it talks about that light coming. Well, Luke 17, 24 says, As the lightning that lighteneth out of one part of heaven, under heaven, shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. You see how lightning strikes over here and the light fly, flies across the whole sky. That's how our Lord Jesus and his glory is going to come back. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 says, And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The glory of the Lord is an awesome thing. And when he comes back in all his splendor, it's going to have a powerful effect, not only on believers as we rejoice, but on the unbelievers. That light is going to reveal the dark decisions they are making. It's going to be a powerful time in history, family. And as we had read in verses 2 and 3, And he cried with a mighty strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and become a habitation of devils. Remember, demonic influence, the influence of these spirits manifested in the character and in the personalities of the people who entertain those spirits. And the hold of every foul spirit in the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Well, I live in what's called the city of sin in Las Vegas where people come here to do things they couldn't or wouldn't do in their marriages or at their jobs, whatever. They come to live these secret lives and do all these things. The catchphrase is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, meaning people somehow have permission to go against all of their moral codes in this place. Well, don't let it just be confined to one city. The rest of the world is doing it in various ways as well. But we see here that God calls us out of this Babylon. Now, people had said the U.S. was Babylon, and you can go down that and study that path and take your side. But the world system is Babylon as a whole. The world system mocks God and encourages us to live in sin and sacrifice the things that are most precious for the things that are the most temporary things to acquire. And so that's the world system, and he's crying out saying, come out, come out, because all of these foul spirits are magnified and are taken over and becoming very bold and brazen. Well, when we read verses 2 and 3, we have to understand the context, because merchants in the Roman Empire, which they were very familiar with, who was hearing these epistles 
read from John's Revelation. They grew rich by exploiting the sinful pleasures of their society. Think about it. Are you in any way engaged in an activity or in a job that exploits the weakness of their society? Well, even even in places where you work that offer credit cards of that company, isn't that the same thing when people have such a struggle with credit, when credit is full of downfalls, when credit will cause you to buy things you really can't afford because of what? instant gratification. You want it now. You've got to have it now. So when your company is offering and forcing credit cards, it's because of that strategy that people who are spending credit are less reserved than people who are spending hard-earned cash. You can see it now, right? So in that particular aspect, your company you work for may be doing the same thing. Now, there's many, many other ways that they're exploiting. I mean, even in healthcare and other things, they're exploiting the weaknesses of our society through merchandising, right? The impulse buy stuff as you get towards the cash register, um, making you walk through the whole store, so on and so on and so forth. So you can't really sterilize companies or businesses, and I don't want you to go quit your job necessarily because of what you see. But being aware of these things is so important. Many businesses today do the same thing. Businesses and governments are often based on greed, money, and power. Greed, money, and power. And they influence us because they know they can catch on to us in greed, in wanting more money, and wanting more power. They offer you overtime. And when you work overtime after the first couple of hours, in most places, you're taxed excessively. Even though you're getting time and a half pay, you think, wow, I'm getting 50% more pay each hour. But you are taxed so much that that time uh, that the taxes take off and that time you've missed with your family or for rest is not worth the exchange. It seems like it at the time, but it's not worth it. And again, in our country here, most of that extra money is either going to pay off the credit cards or more likely it's going for a cash splurge while you struggle to pay the credit cards because you need that fix. You need that fix of buying something else you really can't afford or shouldn't purchase. Our identities are wrapped up too much in power, possessions, and and greed, wanting to have more and more and more. It's insatiable. Many bright individuals are tempted in this country and other countries to take advantage of an evil system to enrich themselves. There's the pyramid scheme. There's all kinds of ways that they make something sound good, but it's really entrapping or not going to give you the things that they advertise. You see a lot of small print on commercials, on products. You can't even read it. But they put it there to get themselves out of the legal bound to say they did notify you. They notified you in a way you can't read or you can't even listen because they say it so quickly at the end of an infomercial. But they're somehow satisfying the legal requirement to tell you, divulge that information. Well, Christians are warned to stay free from the lure of money and status and even pursuing what's called the good life because that good life is defined by the world system. Instead, family, we are to live according to the values that Christ exemplified. Christ exemplified the values of service, serving one another. They amplified, he exemplified the value of giving, of self-sacrifice, of obedience and submission, and of truth. You know, if you hear an untruth over and over again, your brain will eventually consider it truth. It's going to go by what it recognizes, cognitive recognition. It's going to realize that it's heard it before and less and less 
you're going to compare it to anything else because you've heard it so many times before. So when you hear something that's a non-truth over and over again, your brain will eventually try to convince you and you'll start to believe that it's true. And that's why we have to guard our ears, what we listen to. It's not healthy to have several sources of media that are not integral because you're going to hear the same thing several times. And even if they're wrong, your disclosure in the day or two after that is proven they're wrong will be minimal compared to the many, many, many times you've heard it painted in a wrong way. So you guard your ears, you're guarding your heart, you guard your eyes, you don't look in lust, you don't look in, 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 in greed, you don't look in um, desire. You guard your eyes and you fill your mind and your heart with the Word of God. And that's what we're doing here when we get together. We're giving you a lot of scripture. If you join the WhatsApp group, you'll get the notes that I have put together that have cross-references. You can look those all up and see how the book of Revelation connects to the Old Testament and some New Testament quotes that express different things. And you can see it for yourself. Then you'll be calibrated and you'll see the world system, the Babylon, how it is infiltrating even our churches. That's why it's so important to develop in discipleship so you can hear from God and recognize when God's speaking and not get caught up in the sway of other things. Amen? Well, if you listen to this whole thing, you're not sure if you're a Christian or not. Come on, family. I wish you were all here so that one of you could lead this. But this is a very simple way to go through the ABCs because we want you saved. We want you sanctified. We want you in discipleship. And so that's why we share this every time we're on the air. It's not time to turn off the knob. If you've heard it before, go ahead and listen so you can share it with other people. And it's the ABCs. A stands for admit, meaning own it. Take responsibility for the reality that you're a sinner. What does that mean? The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's so important because it's God in His glory who will be the final judge. All of us have sinned. We've missed the mark. We've gone astray. So just saying, God, I admit that I've missed the mark. I admit I'm a sinner and I need you, Lord, is A. Letter B is believe and not just with your brain, because we can say a lot, we believe a lot of things with our brain, but our actions don't follow. We want to be doers, not just hearers. So believing means to invest all that you have in this reality, that your future is secure as you admit you're a sinner, as you trust and rely and depend upon the work of Christ on the cross and his resurrection power, you will be saved. And see, confess that you've had this conversation with God. You've admitted, you've believed to other people, the people of your past, to kind of keep them at a distance. Say, I'm trying something different. I want the Lord in my life. I'm serious about this. See if they support you or if they run. People who you've seen as Christians, maybe they'll invite you into discipleship. But if you just need a resource for now, Metro FM broadcasts us every Wednesday evening and Sunday morning. You can get it online through Radio Box like most of you are doing now. You can even get it afterwards because we'll post this as a podcast. If you join our WhatsApp group at 260-97-583-6324. That number again to join the WhatsApp group is 260-97-583-6324. Or look us up. DHL Ministries. You'll find us on YouTube, podcasts everywhere. You'll be able to get hooked up in hearing the Word of God. We want you to grow in discipleship. The numbers aren't the game here. There's no commercial messages or anything for this on the podcast. 
This is just a straight message you can listen to over again and any of the ones from the past. But we want you to get you plugged in. Plugged in so you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next time. Take care.